Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. KSTP-TV in Minneapolis reports that a collaboration between the Minnesota Department of Transportation, or MNDOT, and the University of Minnesota, or U of M, is hoping to help visually impaired people cross streets more safely. Both institutions are conducting research on a new app that might accomplish this goal. Here to talk about the new app are Minnesota Department of Transportation Signal Operations Engineer Mike Fairbanks, and University of Minnesota Senior Research Associate, Chen Fu Liao. Hi, everyone. Hello. Welcome to the show. Chen Fu and Mike, tell us about yourselves. Sure, I will start. My name is Chen Fu Liao. I'm a Senior Research Associate at the University of Minnesota in the Mechanical Engineering Department. I've been working in the Intelligent Transportation Studies in the past 15 years and uh, working uh, from the providing uh, accessibility for uh, people with vision impairment or the working on traffic safety and transit and uh, uh, various uh, area of uh, uh, topics related to transportation. Thank you for inviting me. Glad you're here. How about you, Mike? Yep, and my name is Mike Fairbanks. I'm the MnDOT Metro Signal Operations Engineer, and my area encompasses the cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul and the surrounding area. And I've worked for MnDOT for 32 years. So real quickly, everybody, tell us about the University of Minnesota and the Minnesota Department of Transportation. Well, I could start this. Uh, Minnesota Department of Transportation is responsible for all the state, federal, and interstate highways in the state of Minnesota. Um we operate signal systems at 1,400 locations. Within the Metro District, we have 720 signals that we operate. And we uh, um, work closely with the University of Minnesota on many research projects, and this being one of them. Well, as you are, I mean, I mean already on the University of Minnesota, has been a splash for a long time in education, higher education, and the research in the multidisciplinary fields. And uh, the, in the, in our area of uh, transportation, that we're focusing on uh, providing uh, uh, um, uh, make sure that uh, the the traffic operation and uh, um, trying to research ways that we can ensure the safety and uh, mobility and accessibility that for the transportations that in our the area and also in the in the national network. Well, we're talking about transportation, guys. Mike, why do you think the blind have anxiety when they cross the street? That's a good question. You know, I give it a little thought, and I think that part of it just comes down to the environment. You know, you have many cars and people interacting, and, you know, they're leaning on the fact that the drivers are actually seeing them, and they might have anxiety when they're trying to cross the street, or they don't have the facilities they need to cross the street. And I think that um, we have an opportunity at signalized intersections to provide them a little safer haven with the APS, uh, audible push button stations. So I think that makes them a little less anxiety based, but I think that's where anxiety leads to. Well, you both want to reduce anxiety some more through this special new app. 
So Chen Fu, how did the Minnesota Department of Transportation and U of M conduct the research on this new app just to see how it could help the blind at signal crossings? Yeah, a few years ago that we have the opportunity to work closely with the visually impaired community and particularly the vision loss resources centers in the in Minneapolis and trying to understand that some of those challenges that for people uh, with visually uh, with vision impairment uh, crossing streets. So we work closely with the MINDA and uh, trying to understand how can we make the information, the traffic signal information more accessible to uh, people that uh, that needs it and use it, and particularly uh, in the visually impaired community. And I also see that there's other opportunity to help uh, I mean, people uh, in, in, in general, that uh, people are sometimes are not paying attention to, to the information or signal as they are uh, crossing, crossing streets. And that's how this project gets started. We're trying to find a way that to make it uh, more accessible uh, to all the pedestrians in our community. That's great. Mike, what's the name of this new app going to be called? I believe it's going to be called PedNav. PedNav. That's a good name. Chen Fu, how does PedNav work? Can you do maybe a little demo for us? Sure, I'll just do a quick uh, uh, um, going through through the I mean through the my uh, my uh, description here. So basically, the, that assumes that the person is uh, have, using a smartphone with the app that installed. As this person that arrive at the corner of intersection, he or she can use the phone as a pointer, point in the different direction at this interse- intersection to survey if there's a crosswalk available there. So for example, if this person do a single tap on anywhere on the screen, basically that it will uh, uh, provide the aesthetic uh, geometric information about the street name and how wide it is. So for example, if this person pointed to the direction that uh, uh, I mean, pointed north, for example, and that it tells you, uh, as an example, this is Washington Street and it's two lanes or four lanes, kind of uh, it provides you a geometric information. And if you are pointing in a direction that is not aligned with existing crosswalk, that the, the phone or the app will not provide you that information. Instead, it will tell you that there's no crosswalk in that particular direction. Once the person, the pedestrian has decided which direction, which crossing he or she wants to cross, that he can basically use the phone again and do a simple double tap on that screen and to request for signal information. And so for example, that if he or she did a double tap and that the walk sign is not available, it's the red and don't walk, basically will tell the pedestrian to wait when the walk sign is on, the phone will have a, a, a couple of seconds of a, a tactile vibration to alert the users. At the same time, it also provides audio and visual information about the crossing uh, uh, signal information. For example, as you do a, uh, did a double tap, that it will tell you, uh, for example, that the Washington walk sign is on and you have 20 seconds, for example, to cross. And that will allow the, uh, the pedestrian to know that uh, there's, the, there's the right of way and it's the, the time to cross that uh, particular crossing that he or she is uh, planning to cross. And towards the end, that uh, the phone will also at the last five minutes, uh, five seconds, I'm sorry, that to provide the vibrotactile and telling the, the pedestrian that you've got five seconds to, to cross and to finish your uh, uh, cross to the other side of the street. 
So we've got some vibrations, some voice commands, and plenty mm-hmm. of tapping to help people use this app, use it right, and use it well. That's correct. So, so, so this is truly an easy-to-understand app. Mike, you and the Minnesota Department of Transportation tested out this new technology at six different locations in the city of Stillwater, Minnesota. I assume that's near Minneapolis. So what were the locations here in the city that you tried out the new tech at? And how did that testing go? Yep, so the four locations were in um, the Stillwater area. Three of them were in downtown Stillwater, which is a suburb about 25 miles to the east of St. Paul. Um, The other intersection was more of a suburban fill, which a little bit higher speed. Um, the ones downtown were, were basically, uh, smaller streets, uh, streets that would be considered city streets, two lane or three lane streets. The one in the suburban, um, setting was a four lane, multi lane crossing. So we, we wanted to get a feel for both, you know, the, both the urban and the suburban. And then there was also two other intersections that were unsignalized in the project. Oh, I see. So we have the research being done in an urban environment right in downtown Stillwater and another location in a suburban in a, uh, suburban environment with higher speeds. Are you talking about in terms of higher speeds being for cars? Yeah, higher speed for cars. Yep. I see. Okay. All right. So Chen Fu, how are you going to make sure that this new app can respond and provide the street crossing information in real time, live? That is a very good question. The, the, the one of the key elements of that providing traffic signal information to pedestrian is that you want to make sure that you provide the right information at the right location. So uh, the location is very important that knowing that where the pedestrian is because the signal information could be different. And so that uh, uh, we used uh, uh, GPS on the phone as well as the using a Bluetooth that we placed the Bluetooth devices at each corner of our intersection that uh, to help identify the further identify that knowing that this pedestrian is at this particular corner of an intersection. And in terms of a timing that uh, uh, we don't want to provide information, but it's like, I mean, uh, three or five seconds late, and that will uh, definitely uh, uh, create some uh, uh, safety concerns for pedestrian. So that's what the, one of the, the key elements of this project is to test out that how we could uh, uh, receive those signal information in near real time. And so we did a whole bunch of testing and initially uh, we tried the protocol that has a much higher the overhead in terms of receiving the data that causes some the data uh, signal latency issues. But later on that, that we move on a different uh, protocol of communication protocol that we were able to receive those information in near real time and in our test that at these uh, locations that in still water that uh, the latency was the, uh, less, than, uh, uh, less than one second. And we feel that is the, the information that we uh, receive and comparing to the, the visual infrastructure information that uh, at the current uh, settings, that is uh, acceptable and uh, uh, reasonable with that uh, time latency. So I understand the app isn't available to download yet and this research is still going on. You both are going down into the community and getting the input from the blind and visually impaired and asking them, what do you guys think of PedNav? Mike, 
when you guys ask this question, when you ask them, what do you guys think of PedNav and they're using it? What do they say? Well, basically, I think they're in favor of it. But, you know, Chen Fu has been working directly with them. Um, MnDOT really hasn't been doing a lot of research on PedNav as part of this project. What we have been doing, though, is um, getting feedback on other research projects that we've done in the past um, and getting what the visually impaired think of those projects. One of them was based on a sign which had a push button, and it alerted the a visually impaired person that the sign was blinking and that cars should be alert to them crossing. And then we had another project where they can actually use their cell phone and, and make a call to the APS, the audible pedestrian system buttons. Um, that's an ongoing project right now. And we're just starting to get, you know, feedback on some of those other research projects and maybe Chen Fu can elaborate a little bit more on this specific project. Okay. Certainly. And so the, in my interaction with the visually impaired community, that uh, as we uh, mentioned earlier about that anxiety and uh, uh, any ways that to help them receive additional information and those information, as long as they are secure and trusty, trustful, uh, trustworthy, I think they like those information that to help them make decisions at the intersection crossing. And certainly there's also concern about that uh, uh, totally to rely on the technology. Sometimes that uh, uh, they, uh, um, particularly the orientation and mobility specialist that who teaches the uh, people with vision impairment how to navigate streets that they uh, initially they have some concern about when people totally rely on technology and if they say your phone died or it lost power and uh, no battery and uh, are they losing their skill to cross the street. So that's one element they want to make sure that uh, uh, people with vision impairment still retain their, their uh, uh, orientation and mobility skills that using the white cane or whatever that uh, uh, um, tools that they have to that be able to uh, navigate the street. So um, uh, based on my interaction with it, that as uh, Mike mentioned that they favor of additional information and they see that this is a, a, a helpful information for them and to help reduce that anxiety. And particularly for people, they are not quite familiar with that uh, intersection or signal pattern, nor they with the modern signal uh, uh, design that they are not uh, pre uh, fixed time. So the timing could change that depends on the traffic volume and traffic flow and things like that. And so this will be a helpful information for people with visually impaired and also for people with low vision that uh, they can see that uh, they probably will not be able to see clearly from the, the pet head signal from the other side of the street, but they with the phone that they'll be able to see the display through that graphical display, they know that uh, it's the walk sign and uh, they are safe and uh, it's uh, their time to cross the street. What's the future of the new app and its current research? And when do you both expect expect uh, PedNav to be released to the public? Any particular dates or date? Well, at this time, uh, uh, we do not have a particular date. And as Mike mentioned that uh, Mindad is uh, evaluating and trying to get uh, input and comments from the other uh, projects. And Minda has been very uh, uh, supportive and in trying all different uh, innovative ideas and how try to, uh, to help improve the uh, accessibility and mobility of our transportation network. And so uh, right now that the app, uh, it's, it's there, but it's not available to the public yet. 
And so we will have to further discuss and uh, uh, with uh, uh, with Minda and also with uh, the community group uh, uh, stakeholders to further determine how we want to move uh, to the next uh, next step. Yeah, just to add on to Chen Pu's comments, um, this requires some infrastructure on the part of MnDOT, and um, right now we don't have funding to provide that infrastructure. But I think if we see positive results like we did in this research, it'll become something that the industry wants to look into and provide to MnDOT and other local agencies. And I think with that, it'll probably spur funding and it'll actually help start to get the systems out into the field where they need to be. So I think in all reality, someday it will be here. Um, short term, I don't know if it'll be a short term solution, but maybe long term, it'll be a good solution. How can we learn more about the new app? Well, I think one thing that can, you can do is um, we put out a blog to describe what the project was and maybe reading the blog and some of the um, corresponding documentation that went with that, the research project um, documentation, that might be a good spot to start. What's the address for that? Do you have that address, Chen Pu? I don't have the address right with me, but I can send that to you for your... You know yeah, I do not have that. Wait, wait, wait. If, if, you, if you have the address, you can tell us. If, if you don't, um, why don't you send me the address? And I will put it on the speaking out for the blind dot weebly dot com site so that um I can just put it up there and then our listeners can access that block. How's that? That sounds good. I'll send it to you then. I have your email address. So fantastic. Thank you so much. Um is there anything else you both would like to add? I, I think this was a positive research project. Um I think we showed what can be done. Now, I think the big hurdle is how do we do it? How do we do it? And that'll be answered in the near future. Everybody, we hope that the new app will be approved for use and help the visually impaired cross the streets more safely. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind. Or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org. And my show archive is at acbradio.org. Speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page. And below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. You may also access the podcast feed at speaking-out-4-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, 
please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Introducing Sunday Edition with Anthony, a weekly magazine show featuring the movers and shakers of our beloved organization, topics and news that affect us all, some great roundtable discussions, and of course, a lot of fun. So join me every Sunday at 1 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream for Sunday Edition. Hello, this is Dan Spoon, President of the American Council of the Blind. I just want to give a big hip, hip, hooray out there to our tremendous membership that does such a great job. California. Florida. Iowa. Texas. Guide dog users. Students. IT professionals. Government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention. And operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. Do you remember BPI? Oh yeah, Blind LGBT Pride International. They're a special interest affiliate of ACB. Yes, they are the ones doing all these cool things at convention. Guess what they're up to now? Do tell. Their own show. It's called Pride Connection. That's great, but what if I'm not a part of the LGBT community? This is a show for everyone. Actually, non-LGBT and non-disabled folks are known as allies, and they are a huge portion of BPI's membership. Everyone is welcome. So what kinds of topics can I expect from Pride Connection? Fun and relevant topics for everyone, from blindness to LGBT education, technology to advocacy. So when will Pride Connection take place? Every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to tune in so we can all connect and learn while having fun. Pride Connection on On ACB ACB Radio Radio Mainstream. We are Friends in Art. An affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. We sing, compose songs and poems, play musical instruments, read and write books, paint pictures, and take photographs. We are playwrights, potters, sculptors, weavers, and storytellers. We are members of the audience and patrons of art museums. We celebrate beauty in all that surrounds us. We are friends in art. Join us in the art parlor for stimulating interviews, thoughtful conversations, and the latest art-related information beginning each Saturday at 8 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream. You're listening to ACB Radio Mainstream. Learn more about us at our website, www.acbradio.org. 